Yes, sir. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it, baby. Oh, yeah. Today we have a special guest for you guys. We have our very own Master Chief Petty, also the Coast Guard. That's right, Master Chief Jason Vanderhaven. And he's on the ticket today, and he's going to answer a whole buffet of questions. So I hope you guys are ready. Get yourself some popcorn, because it's game time. Let's go. Hey, Master Chief, good day. How's it going? How you feeling? It's going great. It's going great. How are you, Chief? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like a skinny kid at weigh-ins right now. Nerves is flowing a little bit, but all in all, I am ecstatic to be doing this interview with you. Um, oh, man. I, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be with you. This is fantastic. Thanks, thanks for letting me do this. So, Master Chief, you are the spokesperson to address issues of enlisted personnel. And just so happened you are a culinary specialist, actually the first culinary specialist, MCPOG. Can you, can you give us a brief description of your career path to MCPOG? And is there anything such as job opportunity that you feel that you missed out on that you occasionally think about? You know, I, I, uh, I didn't join the Coast Guard to be a CS or to be a, I was an SS at the time. I didn't join the Coast Guard to be an SS. I ended up mess cooking a lot. And then I, um, the, the, I, I messed around with the cooks and I ended up really liking it. And so then I, um, I went to SS school, and uh, from there I went to isolated duty right out of SS school and uh, came back um, and just basically was a regular old cook, just a, a third-class cook, uh, duty cooking, and then um, got an opportunity to do a little bit of jack-of-the-dust stuff at Air Station Clearwater. Um, I wasn't that great with jack-of-the-dust. My attention to detail wasn't that good, but then I ended up going to uh, River Tenor doing my first independent duty um, job, which I loved because I could make my own menu. I'd go grocery shopping for myself, and I, you know, it was my success uh, hinged on my effort, and uh, and so I, I really liked the independent duty uh, work. But that was the only independent duty job. Well, kind of the only independent duty job I got. And then I went to. Um, a couple other places did some TAD stints on some uh, patrol boats, you know, doing doing some cooking on, on patrol boats, and you know, um, just just put my heart and soul into into cooking. Uh, and then when I was, uh, I almost was an, a, a special commander. I was almost an SCA. I uh, I got uh, an admiral came to the ship, and and I cooked for the admiral, and and, they, and the admiral liked it, and said, "Hey, I'd like you to be my SCA," but then. Um, they ended up, uh, their SCA ended up needed to stay. And so I didn't, it didn't end up happening, but I, I kind of wanted to do that, uh, but never had the opportunity. And then in 2007, I applied for, for warrant, I applied for chief warrant officer and I got some advice from a master chief friend of mine. And he said, Hey, I want you to call five warrant officers and see if they would have, if they, if they had it to do all over again, if they would have gone warrant. So I called a few warrant officers that I knew, and they said, you know, um, that they kind of wish they had stayed senior chief. And uh, and so I like I was a chief's academy instructor at the time, and I really liked that job. And I didn't really know much about what an FNS warrant FNS did, and I so I I ended up turning down warrant in 2007. And 
Um, it, you know, every June first, when all my buddies were making warrant again, I was like, "Oh man!" But then I made Master Chief, and then uh, continued to go on, um, and 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 was glad that I made that decision uh, to stay enlisted. And then um, Master Chief Garrett was the rating force Master Chief, and he called me when I was in Hawaii. I was the FSO of the dining facility in Hawaii, and he called me and said, "Hey, I want you to put in for the rating force Master Chief job." And I thought, wow, that's an honor for somebody to call you and ask you to put it in for that. Um, he probably called everybody, <laughs> but it felt like it felt kind of special because he called me. But but uh, but, uh, but anyway, so uh, so I I, uh, I at the time I was planning to go the command master chief route, and uh, and so uh, you know I, I I told Master Chief Garrett I said you know I'm 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 really trying to go the command master chief route, but I appreciate you. You asking me to do that, so I didn't end up taking a rating force master job, but I would have loved it. So there was a couple jobs that I didn't get to do, uh, but they, but it, uh, obviously things seemed to work out okay. Uh, so um, those, uh, basically, just a regular old cook coming up, didn't do anything special. Um, at, uh, at at senior chief, I just kind of jumped out and said, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of tired of cooking. I'm kind of tired of working in the galley for a little while. I want to break. And I, I went to go be a Chiefs Academy instructor. And then after I left there, I went back to the galley and ran the galley in Hawaii for a little while. And then and then went on from there. So uh, that's kind of how I got here. So during your time as a culinary specialist, what do you think was your most valuable experience? So I think um, getting some operational experience kind of help me understand my customers uh so if you just if you're in the galley all the time and you're just kind of cooking and going on your you know breakfast is at uh, you know 6 six thirty, and lunch is at eleven thirty, and evening meals at sixteen thirty, and you just kind of get into that routine where that's that's what you know um you kind of don't understand you may not understand your customers or the needs of your customers so um i got Got out of the galley. I, I did some law enforcement. I I did some other stuff. You know, did the helicopter stuff for a little bit. I did, um, you know, just different things so that I understood the jobs that the people that I was cooking for were doing. I worked the buoy deck for a little bit, and uh, you know, did did some things that helped me to kind of understand if something was different, if the routine changed, if there, if there, if I needed to to be flexible in something, why that was. And I think that probably um, gave me some ex- the experience that I needed so that, that I could connect. Uh, I, uh, it, it changed my attitude a little bit about uh, being flexible. And uh, I think that helped me uh, do better in terms of getting along and, and you know, kind of uh, meeting the needs of my customers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's time for me to go ahead and start diving into some 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 of the tough questions that people are asking. Okay, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Um, January third, the Pay Our Coast Guard Act was introduced. Um, we have a government shutdown looming over our heads. What are the plans to ensure that we get paid in the event of another government shutdown? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I you know I've been working with with our congressional members and I can tell you that they, that that was a really uh, tough situation last year and they don't want to do that again. My sense is, is that um, 
we would have if if it looked like there we might not get paid. Uh, there's enough support uh, to pay us so that the pay so that the pay our Coast Guard Act would be. Uh, I think there would be support for that. I, I don't. I don't. My sense is is that um, at a very minimum, the the people putting a uniform on every day would uh, would would get paid. Um, I don't think that Congress is going to want to go through that again. Where you know, uh, and and I've also told. Uh, our congressional leaders, uh, and I've visited with many of them, uh, that, you know, you can do that to us once and we'll probably be able to come back from it. But if you do it to us again, uh, the retention and recruiting challenge would be very significant. Uh, you know, anybody that's considering whether or not to stay in the Coast Guard and they have to every year wonder or not whether, whether or not they're going to get paid, that's going to weigh heavily on them. And then if I'm a young recruit thinking about joining the Navy or the Coast Guard, what do you think that Navy recruiter is telling that recruiter? They're saying, hey, Coast Guard ain't getting paid. You know, so um, we can't have that again, and they know that. And so I'm, I'm pretty confident that we won't uh, suffer another uh, non-pay situation. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll pass some t- short-term legislation to help us to, to make sure that we get paid. Um, I also think that we would, we, if if there was another pay our military act, uh, I think we would be included in that. And so I don't foresee, I don't foresee the same challenges as before. Okay, since we're on since we're on the topic of retention and recruiting, let me let me just pick your brains a little bit. So we have our um, our heritage class of cutters are coming online soon. So with the commission and of more cutters are recruiting quotas going up for us and other ratings yes yes uh they, they sure are we as a service we have to grow by roughly 2700 people in the next you know 10 15 years just to just to be able to crew and support the cutters that are coming online and uh you know i got a i got a couple figures here for you let me see if i can pull it up just real quick so it looks like um the projection, so so we have a team here at headquarters that do workforce planning. The planning projection shows that we need to grow by 77 CS3s. We actually are going to probably, we, we would, the projection is to lose eight CS2s, but then we need to grow 97 CS1s, 97 CS1s, and then we would lose one chief and then we would gain three senior chiefs. So there's a, as you can see there, there's a significant amount of growth uh, at the CS3, CS1, and and senior chief positions, uh, with only having to, with losing about nine other CS positions between um, CSC and CS2. For, so that uh, we are definitely going to have to grow big time. I mean, that's uh, hundred and eighty or so cooks that we got to grow. Um, the fast response cutters are changing the sea to shore ratio for E6 CSs. Yes. Um, once all the FRCs are online, E6s will be 52% underway. Are there any plans to add or reprogram current land positions to E6 assignments in order to? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a great question. Uh, you're, you're, man, you are a forward thinker. Um, and, uh, uh, the, so what happens is the, the rating force master chief, master chief government will, she will, uh, 
constantly look for uh, what she'll do is she'll look at the small boat stations and she'll look at um, where we might have where we might be able to convert a billet at a small boat station uh, from a, either a second class or she may look at you know some of the some of the we're, we're trying to and we can talk about this in, in the if you want to, uh, is the, the culinary support activities like what we have in Portsmouth. We we need we know we want to build a few more of those out around the Coast Guard. So that would be an opportunity to help some of those first classes get back to shore. Uh, so we, we she um, she will take a look at, at adjusting bills. When we brought all the 87 footers online and all the 87 footers had second classes, we, what we did was we took some of the first-class billets at the small boat stations and the third class, and we made like two second class. So you so you go to a small boat station, you'd have two second classes uh, at the small boat station, and that was in an effort to get um, to get the, the better sea to shore ratio. So the rating force master chief is always looking at uh, that sea to shore balance and trying to find a way that to move some billets around and restructure uh, so that we can we can maintain that. Okay, so I'm kind of going to circle back to the retention piece. Um, okay. Given the lack of professional development slash training opportunity for CSs, uh-huh. do you do you think that will negative effect have a negative effect on our retention going forward? So it it, it could. Um, I think that you can give people bonuses, and that's nice. Uh, but what people really want is to grow as a person. They really want to. They want to learn things. They want to learn new skills. They want to grow, and they want to continue to develop themselves uh, as a as a person. So, um, so we we definitely want to try to find opportunities to continue the training. I think I'm gonna. You know, if we can, if we can build CSAs. Uh, like in, like potentially in Charleston or potentially in Alameda or someplace where we have uh, a lot of cooks all in one place, we can provide professional development and training by bringing a couple of chefs, a couple of instructors into those areas instead of having to fly a whole bunch of people to Petaluma. So we're, you know, that's one of the arguments for these CSAs is, you know, we can give people. Uh, advanced culinary training, advanced skills, uh, and we can do a whole bunch of people at one time. But if, if you allow us to build some of these uh, some of these CSAs, I do want to pass on real quick congratulations. I think the message came out yesterday uh, or last night to CS1 Gray, who was uh, selected as, for the uh, advanced culinary uh, education tab. We, we used to have two. Uh, due to budget constraints, we now only have one, but I'm confident that one will get to stay. Um, but, uh, anyway, we, we, I, I think I don't see us bringing more C schools online. Although I know, uh, I'll tell you, I, I'm not smart enough to talk intelligently on this right now, but I know that there was, there were, we were looking at potentially having a couple, uh, maybe one off C school classes, uh, for, uh, and I don't remember what it was for. Uh, but uh, I'm actually Gogan and I talk frequently, and she was saying she was trying to, to get some of that stuff, get some classes together. But I think the CSAs are really the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had her on on the last episode, and she and she did a great job filling us in on all the upcoming C schools. 
Um, um, so I'm going to go ahead and start talking about advancement and service-wide now. Um, what's the timeline on implementing boards for E7 through E9? I'm pretty sure you probably hear that question a lot, and we, we got a lot of comments on it when we posted it on Facebook. Um, and what, yeah. what are the key factors in making you a more promotable candidate? Okay, so, um, so there will be a, a, the, the panel process for E9 will start next summer. Well, so, so the E8s and the Coast Guard have taken their last service-wide. There will not be another service-wide. And E8, if you're a senior chief in the Coast Guard right now, you won't have taken another service-wide. Uh, you'll automatically, if you're eligible for advancement to E9, you'll have an automatic records review. Uh, for it. So you'll automatically sit before the panel. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to ask. You don't have to get a command to endorse anything if you, if you get a, a ready if you're if your eval says you're ready you, you're gonna go um and then uh we're gonna try to do it for e8 the following year it's a little bit tougher just simply for the sheer number of chiefs that are trying to make senior chief so i don't i'm not going to commit to uh where we're going to be with senior chief for next year but i, I will say that for 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 senior chiefs competing for E9, uh, um, I can talk. I can tell you how that's going to look. And then what I do is I draft uh, guidance to to the panel. Um, what I think a good ma what I think master chief is going to be, and, and we're looking for a master chief in a rating. So I'm looking for the next CSCM. I'm not trying to grow the next command master chief or the next master chief person Coast Guard. What I want to do is I want to select that senior chief who's going to who, that CSCS is going to be the next CSCM. And uh, so we're looking for basically leadership. We're looking for expertise in, in your career field. We're looking for knowledge, Coast Guard knowledge, good, you know, no, you know, your knowledge level. We're looking for attitude. So your command and your future potential block is going to talk about your attitude and then your marks would be your, your attitude. And then participation in the mess and, uh, and, you know, your, your, your uh, desire to grow your, the workforce and to, and to, to be a good chief in the workforce, and uh, and those are the types of things that we're looking for, uh, so that we have the best leaders uh, make an E nine, and I, I tell you, I'm really excited about it. So uh, I, I I I'll stop there and see if you got any follow on questions to that. Okay. Um, do you feel that there's currently a higher demand for FNS, and are there any talks about creating an actual? CS warrant instead of uh, essentially becoming an SK. So I don't I don't know if there's a higher demand for FNS. We, you know, we we're we, you know we're, we don't ever seem to have enough contracting officers. So um, you know, if you're if you're a cook and you go FNS, um, you're probably going to feel a lot more like an SK than a, than a CS. But uh, uh, I don't, I'm not aware of any any growth. Uh, in FNS, there may be onesies, twosies, you know, growth. But uh, to be honest, we actually converted one of the FNS jobs at the detailer to senior chief. So we're going to have a CS uh, senior chief who will be an assignment officer now. So we'll have one warrant officer and one senior chief as the CS assignment officers, and that's uh, that's, that's going to happen very soon. Um, and uh, in terms of becoming having a like a chef type uh warrant officer specialty i haven't heard anything about that i know this it, we, we talk about it from time to time uh but i haven't uh, i'm not sure the, what they would do i'm not sure where they would go what they would do maybe 
you, you might have a couple that would, could lead to CSAs, but I think a master chief could do that too. So I, I don't, I'm not sure where, what a, what that, I'm not sure why we would need that. Not that it would be a bad idea. I just don't know why we would need it. So if I'm a CS1 and I make warrant and am I going to, am I going to be, am I going to be better than the master chief CS? Am I going to be more, you know, what am I, am I, is my cooking skills that much higher than say a master chief? I just don't know. I just don't know what that, where we would use that person and what they would do. Um, so because we have, uh, we have nine master chiefs, I think nine or 10 master chiefs right now, CSs. So we actually have more than that when you look at the command master chiefs, but, um, I just don't know what the, what, what it, what a, a warrant CS would do. Gotcha. That a master chief wouldn't do. Uh, master chief, you're on a road a lot and you, you've seen a lot of different units and you're doing a lot of great things for, for our organization. Um, what are some of the negative trends in our ratings? And our rating that you see, and what are your advice on positive, positively changing them on the ground level? You know, uh, I, that's an interesting question. Uh, I, in our rating, in the CS rating, uh, we have grown so much. We have changed so much. When I was a, you know, when I was a CS one uh, on active, and I was running a galley, man, I had. Like two good, two really good cooks that I could trust to put out a great meal all the time, and they were they were really good. And I had a, a a couple cooks that I wanted to throw over the side. Uh, you know, it was uh, um, it was just it was crazy. It was uh, it was really hit or miss in terms of their skill level. It was hit or miss in terms of their attitude and their 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 willingness to really put their heart and soul into everything but i see what i see now is absolutely uh, amazing in terms of the level of effort the professionalism the the, the dedication the the, the 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 effort that's put in by our cs's is amazing i don't see much of a negative trend um uh, I, I i really to be honest as i sit here and think about it I, I think we're doing really, really well as a rating. Um, I'm really proud to be a CS. Uh, I tell everybody, I'm the, you know, the commandant says I'm the senior cook in all the military. Uh, so, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of that. So, um, I, I, uh, I don't see any negative trends. Uh, I think if anything, we, we need to make sure that we're giving our CSs the best galleys to work in. Uh, I know our rating force, Master Chief, prior, uh, Master Chief Reed, Master Chief Gogan are working very hard to make sure that when cooks go to sea, they have good workspaces to work in. And uh, I think, you know, if we give them the tools, they'll put forth the effort, and that's that's what counts. And that's that's kind of hmm, that's I, I think I think we're doing really well. I think we're doing good, Chief. I agree. Um, do you feel that? Being the first CS MCPAW, that that comes with added pressure to succeed in order to open the door for other support ratings. You know, um, I I think that I don't think I know that CSs are great leaders. CSs, we take care of everybody at at our units multiple times a day, every day. 
we have big hearts, we care, we, we ask questions, we're involved. I think, and this is going to sound kind of biased, but I think CSs were cut out for this job. I think CSs by nature, you just have this 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 desire to take care of people, to, to look after people, to uh, understand what people's needs are. You know, we, we, we understand dietary needs, we understand preferences, we understand, you know, what people like, what they don't like, We and we, you know, we just intuitively try to take care of people and so I think um, you know I don't have to be the officer in charge of the Coast Guard I don't have to be the engineering petty officer of the Coast Guard I don't have to be you know I can be you know I can I can be I can just take care of people you know I just go around and meet people and talk to people and kind of do kind of what I did when I was walking around the mess deck uh, you know, I, Hey, how's that? How are you doing? How's that? You know, how's, how's work going? How's watch, you know, whatever, you know, you just, you know, as you walk around the mess deck and you talk to the crew and you ask them how things are going and, and, you know, you know, people come back and talk in the galley and when they have issues, they have challenges, you know, who they, you know, where they go, right. They come back to the galley and they come hang out in the galley and tell us what's going on. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we, we just, you know, it's kind of instinctive for us to do this. So I think, um, my, my challenge was, is being confident in the advice that I give to the commandant and I give to the other admirals is, you know, you know, just be, you know, knowing that, you know, I've got the experience, I've been around a long time. I, you know, I kind of, I know what's going on and just being confident in yourself, um, as a CS, uh, is the, is the most difficult part. If you've been in command as a bosun mate, if you've been the you know the engineering petty officer at a unit, if you've had some you know significant command cadre positions and leadership where you have already built that self confidence that uh, I'm I'm very comfortable giving orders and very comfortable giving um, advice and direction, it's probably you know that that side of being the master chief of the coast guard would be easier. But the compassion, the caring, the, the seeking to understand, the really connect, being able to connect with people on a personal level and understand what their challenges are, cooks were made for that. We, we, we are, that's what we do each and every day. How did, how did you come to the decision of, like, why, why did you want this job? Well, um, you know, I always... I love to serve people. I love to take care of people. I love the Coast Guard. And I want to be sure that that we we have a Coast Guard 10 years from now that's even better than the Coast Guard we have right now, or even five years from now that's better than the one we have right now. And, you know, as I started, as I, as I worked at the Chiefs Academy, and I started working with all the Chiefs that came through the Chiefs Academy, I just, I just started, you know, really saying, man, I love the people that we have. I really care about them. And I want to try to help grow the Coast Guard, help implement some ideas, help, you know, you know, continue to evolve and mature the Coast Guard and, and continue to make sure that the people that serve in the Coast Guard have what they need to do their job. And so what you do is you, you, you know, you start to look at what, what you're, what your sphere of influence is, what your level of influence in the organization is. And if you think you're a good leader, if you feel good about yourself and you say, you know, I think I'm doing good by our people. I think I'm, I've got some good ideas. I think I listen 
to other people's ideas, and then I combine those ideas all together to give good advice to senior leaders. You 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 want to keep doing that, and you want to keep doing that at a higher level. So I I uh, I said you, you know. I was helping people. So when I got to Honolulu, when I got to base Honolulu, I volunteered to be the, the CMC at, uh, at base Honolulu. And, you know, I was able to help people. I was like, man, I, I slept good at night. I went to bed with a smile on my face and I felt like, man, I, I'm really doing, you know, doing good. When I go to work every day, I'm firing for effect. I'm having a good, I'm doing good things. And then you go to the district level and you're doing good things. And then you go to the area level and you're doing great things across the whole Coast Guard. You're really helping to be the voice of, of, of people. And then, and then, um, you just continue to, um, say, I, I want to, I want to help grow the folks that are coming into the Coast Guard now and make sure they're successful and they're, they have what they need to, to uh, continue to serve the nation. And mm-hmm. um, it's, just, it's just exciting to come to work every day knowing that you make a difference. And just imagine as you, as you Cleveland Chief Knowles, as you continue to grow and move up in the organization, you continue to have a bigger influence and a bigger effect and, peop- and people appreciate the work that you're putting in. You will trust me. You're in. You're, you're on my footsteps, buddy. You're gonna be. You're gonna be coming up behind me, going. You're gonna feel that same pride in coming to work every day, knowing that you're doing good for your. your all the hard work that you put in is having a positive effect on people. And uh, um, you know, just the fact that you do this podcast just shows how much you care about trying to help everybody. And that's just imagine doing that on a, for the whole Coast Guard, not just for the CS rating. You uh, can do it. I appreciate it, Master Chief. Um, one day, one day I'll be calling in as retired Mick and you'll be having a podcast of the whole whole Coast Guard, and I'll, I'll be joking with you that I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> right. Small wins. That's that's yeah. my that's my motto. Um, so you mentioned influence and mentorship. Um, do uh-huh. you have a mentor, and if so, who is it, and what's the best advice you've received from your mentor? So I have several informal mentors. Um, I, I we, we have a we have a formal mentoring program now that I'm the, I'm, I'm one of the champions for, and uh, and I believe strongly in mentorship. I had a couple mentors coming up. Some were CSs, some weren't CSs, uh, and uh, and right and then as I got to be a little more senior in the Coast Guard, I, I looked for uh, mentors that could help me get to where I wanted to be. So if you um, if you see where you want to go and then you establish a relationship with people that have been there or can help you get there. They, they mentor you without actually being a formal mentor. So, you know, Vince Patton has probably, you know, coached me more and had probably more to do with my, um, awareness, focus, kind of my thoughts. And then Skip Bowen, another former Master Paris to the Coast Guard, Rick Trent, you know, there's former Master Paris to the Coast Guard that you talk to and you learn from. Uh, but, uh, you know, I always ask questions. Every time I'm around Vince Patton, I ask him questions. I think of things that I'm going to ask him next time I see him. And then, um, you know, uh, I've had some captains that were good mentors of mine. And then, you know, the, the commandant and the vice commandant constantly are, you know, kind of mentoring me, coaching me, asking me, you know, the questions that they ask you um, are, are kind of a sign of what their interest is and what they kind of are hoping that you 
are, are focusing on. And so when they ask me a question, I say, okay, I either have the answer to the question or I know I need to go get it. And that kind of tells me where I need to focus my effort. And, uh, and so that's a form of mentorship. When, mm-hmm. when you're, when your boss kind of asks you some questions, they're telling you what you should be focused on. And, uh, and that's helpful. You always want to know, okay, what's the boss want to know? And, uh, and, and that's, uh, that's helpful. So if they don't talk to you, if they don't ask you questions, if they just kind of like, okay, keep up the good work, you know, you're like, okay, does that mean I'm doing, I guess that means I'm doing good. So it's not all that helpful, but when they ask you a lot of questions and are constantly probing you, that's actually more helpful than anything else. So a few, I don't have a formal mentor, somebody that I have a regularly scheduled call that I talk to, uh, you know, once a week or so to, 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 to bounce things off of, but I have numerous informal mentors. Wow, that's awesome. Um, Master Chief, I follow you on social media and I got, I got to say, you make the job look fun. Um, <laughs> you really do. Um, you put yourself out there more than any other McPop guy I've ever seen. Um, uh-huh. What what do you feel like is the most challenging and the most exciting thing about your job? So it's funny. I get uh, you know you might think that the, the that on social media that Mashie Pettis the Coast Guard is this, is this bald guy that's about five foot nine, but it's actually the Mashie Pettis the Coast Guard on social media is about a five foot four brown haired woman. Uh, she's uh, she's pretty incredible. I have to give full social media credit to chief mean um she's uh she's lashed up to me almost everywhere i go and uh she um has a knack of making the job look fun which the job is fun don't get me wrong it job's a ton of fun um but uh the the biggest challenge i think was that was as i said earlier having the confidence in yourself to know that the advice that you're giving and uh you know, direction and where you're trying to take the organization is a positive one. It's the right thing to do. Cause sometimes you ask yourself like, God, is there something I'm not thinking about? Is there something I'm not seeing? Is it, am I saying the right things? Is this, you know, going to come back to bite me? You know, I, and so I, I kind of question myself sometimes that's the biggest challenge I have. Um, and, and then the, the, the pressure you put on yourself to be perfect all the time. So you want to, every time you, do a speech every time you're talking to a group of people you you, you feel like man i i need to be the i need it, i need it to be the best you know and that it doesn't have to be and and a lot of times that pressure is um self-imposed you know um you put more expectations on yourself than other people put on you that's a bit of a challenge um yeah, but uh, and then the most exciting thing is just meeting everybody. Is meeting the fantastic people that we have in the Coast Guard, going to Congress, going to meet congressional leaders, going to the White House, going to you know just going and and meeting the people that are shaping America, and uh, that's that's really cool. And then you know to be honest, Chief, we've got you know we've got like ox chefs around the Coast Guard that. Are do amazing work. They're so dedicated. The the Ox Chef program is incredible, and they I go meet. That fires you up, man. You go meet these Ox Chefs that are doing this for free, and they're 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 loving it, and the units love them, and you, you just can't help but walk away from there just beaming, smiling every day, just going, my gosh, you know, uh, the people that love the Coast Guard and love what we do, and. 
um, help us out. It's just amazing. So um, I, I think meeting the people, getting the, the opportunity to influence the organization is also very exciting. It's super cool. Master Chief, um, you're on the go a lot, and you're, you're always busy. You're always on the move. Um, mental health and um, anxiety is, is a big issue in the, in the organization. How do you balance your family slash work life? I'm the, probably not the right person to talk about balancing work life. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Coast Guard is my family right now. Um, I, my, you know, in fact, my kids are in the Coast Guard and, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, my wife is the ombudsman at large and, you know, I'm pretty much committed to the Coast Guard 24 seven and just about everything I do is Coast Guard, but you have to find the, you have to find the times to, um, you know, decompress a little bit. Um, I work in the yard a lot. I, I like to mess with plants and gardening and, uh, um, and then you, we do a lot of socials where we get to hang out with people and, and talk to people and, um, you, you know, for this is this job is you're fairly committed. It's about four years of living, breathing, and you know, sleeping the Coast Guard, and and that's just that's fine. You know, that's that's what I get paid to do, and um, I knew that going in. So uh, work life, uh, I I guess you just have to know that when you love what you do every day, it's not work. And I love coming into work every day. So it doesn't feel like work to me. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not working. You know, the Coast Guard would pay me about uh, 80% of my base pay right now not to come to work. So I'm working for about 20% of my base pay and glad to do it. I do it for free. I would do this for free, you know, basically not, you know, I don't think I could afford to, but I, this isn't, this isn't work to me. I'm, I'm, I would, uh, the pay means nothing. It's, I just love, I literally beat my alarm clock up every morning and I can't wait to get into work every day. And that sounds corny, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a good one for you. Um, so the tattoo policy has changed and uh-huh. I've been rambling through my head on what's going to be my first hand tattoo. I keep going uh-huh. back and forth between like a, a anchor or maybe like a smiley face. Um, what ideas do you have for your first hand tattoo? <laughs> I'm a little old, man. I'm I'm, I'm pushing fifty. I uh, I'm not sure. I, um, people think I'm having a midlife crisis if I get a hand tattoo. I don't know. Maybe I'll get the CS logo on my on my hand or something. I, I'm not sure. Um, I I really haven't haven't given that much thought. Um, I. Uh, uh, my mother would probably faint if she saw me uh, with a hand tattoo. Uh, but uh, I. What if it said mom? I, if it said mom, yeah, that's what I, <laughs> I'll put mom on my hand, yeah. <laughs> I think that's about the only one that I could get away with. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's neat. I see on Facebook and a few things that, uh, and, and Instagram people putting, uh, getting their, getting their hand tattoo thing. I think that's, uh, that's cool. If that's what you want to do, I love it. Um, uh, but I, I, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what it would be. Maybe I'll get a, maybe I'll get a, a, a pork chop or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
you're, you're around different branches of service all, services all the time. Um, as an organization, what can we learn from other services, senior enlisted members? Oh, a lot. I tell you, um, they're, they're really, um, they're really great. I work with all of them and, uh, they, you know, you know, what's amazing to me is as big as, they, as big as they are, they still stay connected to their, to their enlisted work, to their E4, E5s, E6s. They stay very connected to them. Um, you know, if you went to Kay Wright's office and said, "Hey, how's your E4s?" He could tell you. He could tell. He's a. He, he's very connected. Um, if you went, you know, um, they are their ability to to have hundreds of thousands of people and then stay connected to their workforce is, is a is amazing to me. That they don't get caught up in the policy. They don't get caught up in the high level stuff. They they really um, they. They really know what's going on in the field and their and their services, but but I'll tell you, they love the Coast Guard. They include me in everything. I am I am a member of the Defense Senior Enlisted Leader Council. I, whenever they have any uh, event, I was sitting right behind the president uh, for the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs Change of Command, uh, where General Milley relieved General Dunford. I'm right there, right behind the right, you know, right behind. You know the president in that ceremony sitting right on the stage, just like uh, you know, just like everything else. In fact, you could see me; you couldn't even see the sergeant major of the army in the in the in the, in the camera angle they had. It was just uh, um, they 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 look at us and they say, "Man, I wish we could do this. Or I wish our people could do that." They really do. Um, they value our flexibility, our adaptability, the way we push responsibility down to the enlisted workforce, and particularly our junior enlisted. Um, you know, they, the other services probably wouldn't 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 consider having a second class petty officer run a dining facility. That just that just that would be like an E five. That just doesn't compute to them. Uh, you have an E five who's a food service officer that's running a dining facility on their own. Yeah, we do. Oh wow, they, they probably just you know that would blow their mind. So, um, I, uh, I, 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 they, I'm impressed with their ability to stay grounded, and they're impressed with our ability to uh, get so much work done. At, at you know from our enlisted workforce. What What are your future goals? because I, I, I probably can't really tell you I should I, I used to teach goal setting I mean I think it's a right thing to do um, my future goals is you know for the next year or two next two years is just to keep the foot on the gas keep my you know keep pressing for the changes that we need to make and to keep advocating for the workforce uh, and, and to keep fighting to get the money that we need to do the things we need to do um, that's that's the two-year goal. And then after that, you know, I, I bought 15 acres of land in North Florida, and I want to have a little farm, little garden thing. I was thinking about trying to grow fruits and vegetables to to, to supply a like a farm-to-table restaurant or something like that, and just kind of slowing the pace down a little bit. Although I do still want to stay engaged and, and continue to to do what I can for the for our Coast Guard people, whatever that looks like. Um, 
So nobody's beaten down my door for a job yet, but I'm, I'm hoping it comes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm focused on the Coast Guard right now and just trying to really make sure that I keep fighting, keep pushing, keep, you know, being in the meetings, being at, being at the units, learning from everybody, getting a, getting out and about and, and talking to everybody about what their opportunities and challenges are and where we need to, you know, what we need to do to continue to retain, recruit and retain the great people that we have. We have some great folks out there. We have um, a lot of grassroots types, homegrown efforts uh, to for recruiting and just, 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 you know, working on building unit cohesion and a sense of inclusion in the Coast Guard and, you know, making everybody feel like they're valued and part of the mission. Um, I will say coming up as a cook, I never felt like I always knew what my role was. I always knew that, hey, this ship doesn't sail without me. This ship, this unit doesn't. Uh, I need to be at work every day to otherwise, you know, they need me. The Coast Guard needs me. I felt like that every day when I came to work. Uh, and I want to make sure that everybody feels like they're needed. We got to have everybody. I think part of, uh, you know, sometimes with our, you, you know, you talked earlier about the mental health and the work-life balance and all that kind of stuff. People, we need everybody we have in the Coast Guard. Everybody in the Coast Guard is important. Everyone. We uh, we don't have any extra people in the Coast Guard. Uh, and everybody, I want everybody to feel valued. I want everybody to feel like their 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 job is important and that they are connected to the mission and that the American people need everybody in the Coast Guard to do their job and to come to work every day and to be um, a part of the, you know they're a part of the team. Uh, you're you're the a team in your in your shop. You're a team at your unit. You're a team at your sector, district, or wherever it is your base. You're a team, and and we need you on Team Coast Guard. So uh, everybody is important. Okay, Master Chief. Um, if you had to pick, if you're about to do a nice little gym sesh, and you're about to get your pump on, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you got one song to pick, uh, what would it be? Oh man, you know. Um, I, I like to get swole to the roots. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, um, here I come. I, no, no, I mean, it's uh, yeah. The uh, the roots they have. Uh, I have one of their songs uh, on my playlist. Um, it's uh, it, 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 uh, what's it? It's it, it's not here I come. It's uh, um, but it's something like that. It's got that in there, right? Um, oh, I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, I I I think you can't go wrong. You know, if I if I think the first song that comes up on my workout is, uh, is, is DJ snake turned down for what I think, uh, I think that's the, I think I'm pretty sure that's my first when I, when I, when I come up. Um, so, you know, and then I go, you know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you guys are. So I, um, I, I, I listen to, um, a little prodigy, you know, a little, you know, some of, some of that kind of stuff that's really, you know, kind of high energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I do have the roots on there. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I, yeah. So I, I, 
I always like to um, finish with a, a Bravo Zulu, like a rock star um, recognition. Is Are there any Bravo Zulus you would like to give out to anybody out there? In yeah, the yeah, I would. So there's a CS2 on the Osprey, Hillary Fulgham. She, uh, I oh, got she's pictures. dope. Yeah, she's dope. <laughs> <laughs> I got some pictures of some chow she made for the D13 Admiral. Uh, and, uh, she's you know, really good. You know her nickname? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll let her tell you. She's she's good. <laughs> okay. She, she said her nickname so, is the Grouper. Okay. Okay. She's, All right. I'll, I'll I'll get with her and find out why. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, she, you know, just she impressed the D13 Admiral so much that he sent me a note. He copied like a bunch of people. So then I turned around and 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 sent that out. But um, you know, it's just just. The thing about independent duty is, is you're pretty much your own boss, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. But it, leading self is one of the most important attributes in leadership that you can have. If you could put out a good meal on a Saturday afternoon in port for the duty section, the same that you would put on for a Tuesday lunch when everybody, when the captain and crew and everybody's on the ship, mm-hmm. that's that's super important. And then and then to you know. To put your heart and soul into what you do, and and the officer in charge of the Osprey told me that she's like that. All the, every meal she puts out is the, is is the highest quality. And I agree. So yeah. bravo, bravo yeah. Zulu to Hillary. That's awesome. Yeah, she she killed it when she came through A school as well as C school, and I I, I see all her work all the time on the CG Chef page. Um, nice. She, she put out awesome product all the time. Nice. I'm trying to get to the, the USO hosts a salute to military chefs competition here in DC, and uh, and Eddie Corrales is uh, going to be representing the Coast Guard this year in that salute to military chefs, which was a neat competition. So I'm I'm excited to go out there and see Eddie compete. That'd be fun too. Well, thank you, Master Chief, for uh, taking the time out of your schedule and using this platform and. and Hopefully, I can put this on your platform so people can hear it. Um, oh yeah! And getting your voice out there to to the culinary specialists out there. Are there any um, departing words of wisdom you like to leave with us before you depart? So, uh, first off, I want to thank you, uh, Chief Knowles. You're you're amazing. You're a great leader. You care deeply about our people, and uh, you, you know your leadership is going to be crucial going forward to make sure that. Um, you're the next, you're the next in line. You're the next, you're, you're you know, either rating force master chief, command master chief, whatever you want to do, you're next. So, um, I, I'm excited about, uh, the future of the rating, having you in it. And then I want to just tell all the CSs and everybody out there that, that listens to the podcast that, um, you know, we, we're, we, the Coast Guard's in a great place. We are growing. Uh, we are, are, are at, the whole nation wants us. I mean, we are everywhere and, and doing a lot of cool stuff. We got a lot of neat new galleys coming online, and we're we're you know, Master Chief Gogan is working hard to to get these CSA stood up, and, and Mr. Adams, Chad Adams, and Mr. Kreider, uh, they're they're working, and the product line is is working hard. I uh, I know we've had some changes in the way we do FSAT product line and how the how we're managing the galleys from you know afar and it's a it's a bit of a change probably less less than you you know it's a it's it's we had to do it for some cost and some budgeting purposes and it is and and it's gonna it's gonna create um, 
well, less opportunity for people to get out and learn from the FSAT. But but we'll we'll work through that. We'll work with the product line, and you know we'll 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 see what we can do. You know, just to make sure that we are providing the best service we can to our cooks. But it is a good time to be a CS in the Coast Guard, and it's going to get better and better every year. And uh, I just want to say thanks. I agree. Thank you, Master Chief, for all you do, and um, continue to inspire us all. Okay, I look forward to coming out and seeing you soon in Petaluma. Roger that. Me too. Okay. All right, brother. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Woo! Yes, sir. A lot of great information, a lot to um, digest. So let's do a little rehash on what we learned today. We learned that in the event of another government shutdown, that we have a great amount of support to ensure that our men and women service get paid. We know that they are commissioning more cutters, so our recruiting quotas are going to go up. And the plan is to add 77 new CS3s, projected to lose 8 CS2s, grow 97 CS1s, lose a chief, and gain 3 senior chiefs. So the question was asked about sea-to-shore ratio for E6s. Um, the plan is to add more culinary support activities, and they're going to kind of aid with our sea-to-shore rotation as well as going to assist with training and professional development and which in return shall help out with retention. We learned that E9 boards will start next summer so the current E8s will not have to take another service wide and they're going to try the E8 boards the following year. Um, if you want to stand out key factors to consider are your leadership, expertise, knowledge, attitude, uh, participation in a mess, and your desire to grow the workforce. Um, we learned that ultimately all he wants is to make sure that the Coast Guard is better than it is now, 10 years later down the road. He's all about influence and having a positive effect on people. He has several mentors that he call on for various reasons, and he feels that his biggest challenge is the pressure that he places on himself to not fail. I thought it was a really great interview i got a lot out of it uh, master chief have really high expectations and standards i hope you enjoy it um all i ask for you guys is to start by doing what's necessary then do what's possible and suddenly after that you're doing the impossible um i want to leave you with one question from reverend little john why would one chooseth to turn down 